Hello Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the post-game show on here, Pittsburgh, a voice from across the pond. I'm your host Owen, the Mackham Yinza, and I want to welcome everyone out there in Steeler Nation to this podcast. Looking back at the game, uh, the wildcard game in Kansas City on Sunday night, there was no miracle for us, no dream for Ben, there will be no dream finished, there will be no riding off into the sunset with the Lombardi tucked under his shoulder, under his arm so it all came crashing down crashing down glorious style so we're going to look back on the game, we're going to look back on some of the players look back on some of the stats, look back on um, what happened and, and talk a little bit about why and talk a bit about any opinions on that so so, so, so. Well, you know what? I was sat there, one fifteen in the morning, watching the game, wearing my Pat Freyamuth road white jersey, beer in hand, supporting my Steelers. And what was really impressive, the D started so well. Defense was playing lights out to start that game. So many times they stopped Kansas City. Three and out, done. Okay, or limited them massively. They did something they'd failed to do in week 16 and it looked so good for us the d were lights out if you think about it we had the interception from bush when tj batted the ball up in the air we had pressure on Mahomes. we had them stopping the run we had them stopping the pass but what happened every time the defense gave the offense an opportunity the offense did what it's pretty much done all year and choked stopped did nothing Three and out virtually every single time. Nothing. Nothing at all. The D gave us the perfect opportunity. It put its foot on Kansas City's throat and said, we're here, we're stopping you. Welcome to the Steel Curtain. But every time our defense gave our offensive opportunity in that first half, they failed to take it. They couldn't move the ball. They looked lackluster. They couldn't throw the ball right. The running plays were not working the draw plays were awful the screen plays just didn't work nothing worked whether that was down to the o-line matt canada ben roethlisberger or the offensive weapons who can tell but it just did not work (laughs) once it started to not work once our offense started going three and out eventually our D was going to get gassed. Yes, we had that fantastic moment when Cam Haywood on that wildcat play by the Kansas City Chiefs when Hardman completely mucked it up and Haywood hit him. The ball came out, TJ scoop and score. At that point, I thought, yes, this is it. The D's going to win this game for us on their own. And yet again, TJ was the man. TJ is the man. He was causing havoc, batting up balls for interceptions, scooping and scoring from touchdowns, eventually getting that sack on Mahomes. Been a constant threat, and he looked brilliant in that first half. But as the half wore on, the defense got more and more gas because our offense could not move the ball. If you look at the stats, the defense, through the interception and TJ's scoop and score, had 46 yards. They made 46 yards, 46 positive yards. The offense made 44 positive yards in the first half. So the defense outgained the offense by two yards in the first half. What a condemnation of our offense. The number Chase was underthrown a few times. 
in the half. Deontay Johnson became Deontay Dropson again and dropped the ball. Ben's arm looked all over. His radar looked way out, way, way out. It just did not look good. And some of the play some of the play calls were absolutely garbage from Matt Canada. That draw play to Najee Harris when Ben stopped, went to pass, stopped again, gave it to Najee, and he just got absolutely smashed. So 21-7 at half time. It was one guarantee that after we gave up that three and out, we went and gave the Kansas City Chiefs the ball back with about a minute, minute ten left on whatever it was. Pretty much guaranteed they were going to go down the down the field and score again. It seemed at that point they could pretty much score as they wanted. They could not stop Patrick Mahomes. They couldn't stop their passing attack. They couldn't stop Kelsey or Hill or Hardman or Pringle or any of the Kansas City offensive weapons. Then in the second half, Allegretti, and as someone turned on uh, Twitter, the fat guy, even the fat guy scored. I personally think that touchdown should not have been allowed to stand. stand. TJ Watt was thrown to the ground in offensive pass interference, personal foul, whatever it is. Yes, you can block. Yes, you can push someone out. Yes, you can pancake block someone, but you can't just hold them and throw them to the ground, which is what Allegretti did. Then he got free and scored. And to be honest with you, that was embarrassing. Letting someone like him score a touchdown to make it 28-7 was embarrassing. We also had Najee Harris fumble the ball for the first time in his career. But again, that was not Najee's fault. If you look at the play that was called again, what earth was Matt Canada thinking that lateral pass in line with the line of scrimmage to Najee Harris no blockers no one around him apart from a whole load of Chiefs linebackers who absolutely stuffed him and punched the ball out he did not have an opportunity an absolutely dreadful call from Matt Canada as I was watching that game, I was making some notes notes on the game. I just put, what sort of shocking play call was that by Canada? It was useless. Yes, once we went further behind, we then started to come back as per usual. Ben to DJ to make it 35-14. And eventually that passed to Deontay Johnson as well. But we just could not stop them. Yes, we could start to score. Yes, we started to move the ball. But this was at a time when Kansas City was playing a lot softer prevent defense and had kind of took the their foot off the pedal on the defensive side of the ball. Hence why, again, we were able to move the ball. A little bit like we were in the games against the Chargers and against the Vikings. You know... If only our offense could play as well as our defense did at the start of that game, it would have made such a difference. But it was the same old offense we've had all season. The final touchdown pass from Travis Kelsey to Byron Pringle, well, that was a trick play and it was just taking the mick. To be honest with you, Kansas City pulled out all the stops. There was the underhand pass from Mahomes to McKinnon. There was They just took the mickey really did take the mickey. They pulled out all the stops. They went through their entire playbook, even to the right, into the back of it. There was no stopping them. And what was a bit embarrassing was it seemed to be once the offense proved that it couldn't move the ball and the defense were tired, they could pretty much do what they wanted. Not the defense's fault. They were shattered, bless them, thanks to the offense's ineptitude. And what was really hard for me watching that game was hearing British pundits talking about I wish I'd rather seen the Chargers or the Chargers and Justin Herbert or the Colts and Jonathan Taylor playing tonight than this Pittsburgh Steelers team. What a horrible thing to hear. 
but it's something we have to take in Steeler Nation, isn't it? Criticism. But for me, it really shows that we are light years behind the Chiefs. Absolutely light years, offensively especially. You know, they've got a mobile quarterback. They've got an imaginative playbook. Canada's college junior varsity players just don't work in the NFL. For me, he's got to be sacked in the offseason. He, he just... He just is clueless. He hasn't got a, a clue what he's doing. He cannot coach at this level. He's failed to adapt massively to this level of NFL. The plays that he's calling just don't work. And he doesn't seem to have any other plays. It seems the same rubbish week in, week out. Screen passes, lateral passes, draw plays that just don't work. And teams know we're going to do them. It's a bland offense. It's worse than Randy Land. That's how bad it is. It's worse than Randy Feekner's offense. Let's have a look at a few stats from last night then. So Ben Roethlisberger in what was his his final ever game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very sad night, sad way for Ben to go out, for number seven to go out, you know, to go out losing 42-21 to the Kansas City Chiefs. A score that I think could have been a lot worse for us. Uh, Ben had 44 attempts, had 29 completions for 215 yards, two TDs. So not a bad performance from Ben. You know, Ben was there. He did what he could. It wasn't Ben's fault that we lost the game. You know, the offensive line is trash. He was under pressure constantly. There was that play where um, Hassan Aaron just turned away and let that tackle, that defensive tackle, just go straight through and sat Ben. Ben had no chance, no protection. It was a joke. Now, running side, 57 total yards of rushing against a team that ranked in the middle of the table on the on the rushing defense. Again, why? Well, was it Harris, Snell and Bellage to blame? No, it was again this offensive line that cannot open holes, that cannot open blocking gaps, that cannot pull and block for the runners. Every time Najee got the ball, every time Benny Snell got the ball, every time Kalen Ballage got the ball, they had they were hit, they had to fight, and they had to push for every single yard they got. They couldn't get any clean breaks like a, like a running back needs to. It was a constant battle. Najee's figures reflect that. 12 attempts, 29 yards for 2.4 average. Benny Snell, 2 attempts, 15 yards, 7.5 on average. And Kalen Ballage had 4 14 um, attempts, not 14, four attempts for 13 yards, average of 3.2. So, receiving wise, what about receiving wise? Well, receiving wise, James Washington, two receptions, 37 yards, 18 and a half was his, was his average, and one TD. Deontay Johnson or Deontay Dropson, uh, five receptions, 34 yards, 6.8 average, one touchdown. Uh, Zach Gentry, who got a lot of um, passing at the end of the game, four receptions, 33 yards, 8.2 average, zero touchdowns. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, how great was it to see Juju back again last night? Juju, for me, has got to be re-signed in the off-season. He, he showed reliability, he showed fight, he showed battle. He was one of the few success stories that night for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had five receptions, 26 yards, 5.2 average, zero touchdowns. Pat Freyamuth, underused massively yet again by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Offense, um, not, not used anywhere near enough. Four receptions, 25 yards, averaging 6.2 yards per 
carry zero touchdowns. And Chase Claypool, who again didn't have the best of games, but was underthrown and overthrown woefully on a number of occasions by Ben, but does learn to need to learn to high point the ball and stay on his feet a great deal more. Three receptions, 25 yards, 8.3 average, and no touchdowns. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, we had Trey Edmonds with six tackles, no sacks. Menka Fitzpatrick, five tackles, one, um, five tackles, five and one assisted tackle. Cam Sutton, five tackles. Robert, Robert Spillane, five tackles. Joe Hayden, four tackles, two assists. TJ, three attacks, three tackles, one sack, and there's three quarterback hits in there as well. Cam Hayward, two tackles and two combined tackles, zero sacks. And Alex Highsmith, two tackles, one combined and one sack. Um, and there was an opportunity as well where Alex so nearly got to Mahomes, but Mahomes managed to slip out of his grasp as well. Um, Boz was perfect, three for three on extra points. And to be fair, Presley Harvin did a pretty good job when he came into punt, and he had to punt seven times in that game uh, for a total of 348 yards, averaging 49.7 yards and once inside the 20. So that's the breakdown of the stats. If you look at the defensive side of the ball, majority of tackles again was from the secondary. That was not good. Patrick Mahomes absolutely burned us in that secondary. He, when he, as soon as he rolled out, we knew he was under no threat. He was able to throw the ball back to where he wanted to, without his back across his own body or straight down the field. He, he was he came unstoppable as the Chiefs' offense clicked into gear against the increasingly tired and tiring Steelers' defense. So, if you look at last night's game in isolation, the defense started lights out. And their explana- the explanation for the Kansas City rebirth, the Kansas City re- um, rediscovery of form, I think is somewhere around and down to the defense becoming gas because it was not given any long rests off the pitch. There was very few in, um, drives in that first half and in the start of the second half where... Ben took command and where the Steelers' offense took command and held the ball and chewed clock to give the defense time to rest. It just didn't happen. What were the main offensive problems? Well, sitting there thinking about it, first of all, the biggest offensive problem we've got is our offensive line. It was just awful yet again. Pass blocking was a joke. Poor Ben was having somewhere between 2 and 2.5 seconds to get rid of the ball. So he needed a quick release. Couldn't go through his reads. And any throws downfield were going to be a rushed job anyway, given the fact that he only had two, two and a half seconds to throw the ball. Uh, Their run blocking was non-existent, hence the 57 yards only on running plays. They just, again, looked very, very poor. And the offensive line really does need a major, major overhaul in this offseason. Um, throws were off target. Again, Ben's radar was a little bit out. He starts to look every day of his 39 years. You know, nothing against Ben. He is 39 years old. He tries his heart out. He wants to win for Steelers. He's a competitor. He's a fighter. But, you know, there comes a time in our life when we just can't do what we used to do. And it becomes a struggle. DJ's drops were a massive issue, you know. In that first quarter, one of his drops led to the drive stalling. If he managed to catch that, it would have been an automatic first down, and that drive could have turned out so much differently. Matt Canada's play calling was shocking. Absolutely shocking. This guy is hopeless. He's got to go. Really has got to go. And... We did what we needed to do in terms of turnovers. We turned the ball over in that first half. But the only points came from a TJ Watt scoop and score. There was nothing else. 
the interception from Devin Bush, nothing. And that's the problem. When you get a turnover, you've got to turn into seven points. You've got to hurt the opposition. And that's something that England just don't do. There was a very funny moment in the game where one of our own linemen was pancaked onto the floor. Ben just walked past him, looked at him and then walked away. A little bit like they've done with him all season. So it was a bit of a bit calmer there for the offensive line. Um, but that offensive line, as I've said, uh, said needs to be massively, massively overhauled in the, the summer. It just is sheer poorness. Okay, just absolutely poor. You know, Ben had two seconds to throw the ball. Contrast that with how long Patrick Mahomes had to go through reads. Plus, Patrick Mahomes can make his own time. He's mobile. He can move around. Ben isn't anymore. He's thirty-nine years old. He hasn't got that mobility. He's not in the same. Uh, category as those older quarterbacks like your Russell Wilsons, your Aaron Rodgers, and to a lesser extent Tom Brady, who has never relied on mobility. Um, pass catchers, Deontay Johnson, he's been broken since week 16. He's got the yips, he seems to drop the ball an awful lot. Yes, he got that good touchdown catch, but he does drop the ball way, way too much again, and that's something he needs to work on going into this off season. Uh, Pat Framuth was okay, but again was woefully underused. Um, and Juju Smith-Schuster as well did well in his return, but again woefully underused. A couple of things on those two. First of all, Ben is struggling with the long ball. Those decisions to throw long on third and two, third and four were just absolutely shocking. When you've got players of the caliber of Pat Framuth and of Juju Smith-Schuster. Why not use them over the middle? Again, the Steelers didn't use their game over the middle. They very rarely threw those short passes over the middle. Doing that would have opened the distance passing game and also could have helped to open the running game for Najee Harris. We just singularly failed to do it of any sort of quality, which was just sheerly not good enough. Um, So for me, Pat and Joji were woefully, woefully underused. Uh, James Washington, who is an unrestricted free agent in this season, did very, very well when he came on. The two catches, including that touchdown catch, that's a nice high point and land from the touchdown catch. Chase Chase has a decision to make. Who is he going to be? Is he going to be the Mapletron, straight Megatron of his first season? Or is he going to be the spoiled child that he's been a little bit this year? A few things Chase needs to do to improve. You know, I, I said I was looking for him to have a big game and for me, he didn't. You know, he had the three receptions, but he was targeted, I think, seven times and only had three receptions. You know, he was even allegedly caught out by the rest of the office staff as well. So, Chase, what are you going to do? Chase, you need to high point the ball. You need to come down on your feet. You need to use your size, your speed, your strength and stop falling over. You're not a Premier League footballer. Stay on your feet. If Chase can do that, combined with the fact this guy is a big, fast guy, he could become a thrilling wide receiver one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Certainly, you know, even though Deontay's had a great year with over a thousand yards uh, receiving this year, and the fact he gets separation, he he hasn't got that deep ball strength and speed threat that Chase Claypool has got, and that's something we really, really need. Um, <clears throat> moving on. Um, I thought Ray Ray did a reasonable job again. Um, he's a good wide receiver, four or five, not a leading man. Um, that's why we need to make sure that we are re-signing those quality, quality players and perhaps drafting or finding in free agency some other targets. 
The running game, again, was poor in that game, mainly down to the poor offensive line play, the inability to open the gaps uh, for Najee to go, or Benny Snell or Kalen Ballage to get through. If you look at, like I said, at their stats, every run they had came after contact. That's where the majority came from, either by pumping their legs and pushing the power forward, often getting some support from the big guys to move the ball. Um, you can also tell that Najee wasn't really himself. He, he was struggling with that elbow injury still. Um, and he, did, he, he didn't play anywhere near to his potential. Snell did okay. Ballage okay again behind this offensive line. The D, well, the D, as like I said, got gassed. He got completely and utterly gassed in that in, through the offense's inability to move the ball and chew clock. We needed the offense when the defense was doing such a sterling job in that first quarter to actually get the ball back and chew some clock. Um, Joe Hayden got burned on several occasions, which obviously is going to raise questions over whether we want to keep him and or whether we're going to move on from him. You know, Joe got burned a few times, like I just said. Minka Fitzpatrick did okay, but again, he can't be everywhere. He can't be covering Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, supporting the linebackers. As good a player as Minka is, he, he just, you know, didn't couldn't do everything. The secondary had a very tough, tough game. You know, Patrick Mahomes uh, passing... Uh, yards and the way he moved the ball was fantastic and the secondary had no answers to that um you know the secondary like a secondary was in trouble from the moment obviously they had to keep going repeatedly back out there once our offense stalled they gave up 404 passing yards to patrick mahomes you know the our passing um defense had previously been a strength of the steelers but this game, it really was a weakness. You know, we've even seen Joe Hayden get absolutely outdone by, I think it was Byron Pringle. It was just scary bad, scary bad. Um, you know, Cam Sutton, again, was, was made to look daft by Travis Kelsey on a number of occasions. Terrell Edmonds was unable to pick him up. It was just a poor performance by the secondary. And when your secondary are <laughs> your highest tacklers, that tells you everything you need to know about how your team and your defense is performing. TJ tried to do TJ things, uh, sacks, pass bats, force. He tried everything. TJ had a really good game. Had not really good, but had a good game, certainly. I mean, the criticism I saw some from on uh, Dave Damashek on Twitter it was a bit out of order, saying that, you know, he was like his brother. He again fails to turn up for a playoff game. I think maybe that he wasn't obviously watching the game because it, who who was it that um, did the scoop and score? Who was it that sacked Mahomes? Who was it that batted the ball up in the air for Devin Bush to intercept it? Who was it that hit the quarterback on three or four occasions? Who was it that had tackles for a loss? It was TJ. Um, so to say that he was anonymous is just it's just a joke, really, an absolute joke. You know, TJ tried and did what he could. Uh, Cam didn't have the best of games. Um, he tried again hard. He chased hard when he needed to. I mean, it was an example of a 14-yard run and who was chasing the Kansas City receiver down and making the hit. It was Cam Haywood. I mean, pretty embarrassing for the linebackers when you're getting outpaced by a defensive lineman. Um, I think he obviously showing that Devon and Joe Sherbert had a very quiet game again, and that is a position that's going to need looking at in this off-season. Um, Secondary wise, again, like I said, you know, if this is Joe, the last swan song for Joe Hayden as well, we need to really look at trying to strengthen our cornerback, whether that's through three in the free agency market 
or whether that is in the draft. But I think, you know, we need a real dominant corner, a corner who you can leave on an island and rely upon. Uh, I think Keller Witherspoon is probably worth keeping because if you look at the game yesterday, the Chiefs very rarely threw at Keller Witherspoon. They saw him as a threat. They knew he'd been playing well. They knew he was a ball hawk in terms of getting interceptions. So they stayed the hell away from him. From him. So that really does show um, perhaps that we do need to hang on to Keller Witherspoon this off-season. Overall, it was a very disappointing performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think, you know, we'd been given false hope all week um, with the way the week had gone, the things the team was saying, and our, and our own, perhaps our own um, stupid misconceptions about this team. You know, the offense has been weak all season and has really cost us this season, whether that's because of the appalling offensive line or Matt Canada's play calling or the fact that, you know, Nothing against Ben, but it's like he's playing stuck in third gear because that's all he's capable of. He's a 39-year-old quarterback. You know, he's a battler. He's a fighter. He's a competitor. He ain't going to give up, and he is your best opportunity to win. But he isn't getting any younger, and that's the thing we need to consider. Um, you know, free agency is going to be a massive thing coming out of this uh, for the Steelers. Uh, I think I counted there was 21 free agents on the, the Pittsburgh Steelers roster this off-season. Um, and I'll go through those at a later date. But overall, you know, Kansas City outplayed us. Um, they pretty much routed us. Um, it was only at the end where we were able to move the ball a bit more easier when Kansas has kind of given up. You know, Kansas went through their full playbook um, and really did eat massive gaps out of our defense once our defense had was gassed and could not maintain the level it showed at the start of this game. Um... Obviously, you know, Ben on that final drive tried his utmost to get a touchdown to finish the game off and to finish off his career. His final pass was that pass to Zach Gentry, 11-yard pass, um, but that's it now. You know, Ben Ben is done now with the Steelers. He's finished. Um, it's not a great way for him to go out, not a great way for a hero, a legend, a future first ballot Hall of Famer to go out getting pretty much drubbed for the second time this season by the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, he will now go on to play the Buffalo Bills in the divisional round. So, that's it. No more games now until pre-season in August. No more competitive games until September. What are we going to do with ourselves on a Sunday with no Steeler football or on a Monday night, no Steeler football? No Steeler football till August Seven months of no Steeler football. How awful is that? And when we do come back in the summer, and obviously in September, it's going to be different. It's going to be a lot different. For 18 years now, we've had number seven as our quarterback. For 18 years, we've had Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger as our main man. But that's it. No more. It's the end of an era. It was sad last night to see him walk off down the tunnel with our equipment manager and know that that's the last time we're going to see number seven put on a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey and go out there and do what he does best lead our offense be our QB1 be our leader our fighter be competitive never give up it was it was said a famous quote don't cry because it happened don't cry because it's over Smile because it happened. I think that's good advice. Don't cry because Ben has gone. Smile because we had him. 18 years of Ben. 
Some of you, I know, don't like Ben and don't like his attitude, think he's a bit of a prima donna. But if you look at what he's given this team in his 18 years, 18 years of fighting hard, 18 years of battling hard for this team, 18 years of leading the offence, 18 years of comeback drives, of touchdown passes in the playoffs, of yards gained in the playoffs in the regular season. 18 years of being Ben. You know, in those 18 years, not one single losing season. Not one. Zero. Nada. Nothing. That's incredible. Not to have one losing season in 18 years. Two Super Bowl wins. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Very few quarterbacks can say that they've won the Super Bowl twice. But Ben has. Ben's done it twice. Once against the um, Seattle Seahawks and once against the Arizona Cardinals with that amazing last-ditch touchdown pass to Santonio Holmes. You know, Ben is going to leave with so many memories of us and we leave with he leaves with so, us having so many memories of him. You know, I'm sure you're out there with Steeler Nation, you've got so many things you could share with me and with Steeler Nation about Ben. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at East Either Nation. Join my Facebook group, Pittsburgh Voice from Across the Pond. Post on there. My Instagram, hit me up on there. You know, let me know your Ben memories. What do you remember about Ben? This is a special time now. It's a time to say goodbye to Ben, to thank Ben for his 18 years of service, to thank him for all he's done for Steeler Nation. Listening to him again, talking about Pittsburgh, but in his city, his type of city, been the best fans in the world, been the greatest place to play in the world. You know, Ben knows what it is to be a Steeler. He knows how seriously you have to take it. He is the main man. And yesterday, it all ended for him. 18 years, just like that, gone, disappeared, finished, ended. Sadness, really. No more Ben. What does the future hold? Who knows? We've got plenty of time to speculate that on that in later podcasts as whether it's going to be a free agent or Mason or a rookie drafted out straight out of college in this year's draft. Who knows? But for us, another season has ended. An interesting season, really. A fascinating season. A season we didn't stop fighting and battling because we had to fight and battle. A season when people didn't think we'd qualify for the playoffs. But we did. Yes, we got pretty much hammered in that playoff game. But we were there. Where were the Cleveland Browns? Where were the Baltimore Ratbirds? You know, they can sit at home on their sofas and, and crow all they want about us getting hammered by the Chiefs. They can laugh at us. They can do whatever they want. But who do they play? Were they in the wild card? Were they in the divisional round? No, of course not. They're not. They're sat at home in the postseason, having not got into the postseason. Well, that's it, guys. That's pretty much it for this podcast, for this uh, look back at the uh, Chiefs game. Hope you've enjoyed listening to this, um, finding out some more information, listening to my news and views on the Steelers and on the um, the Chiefs, the exit to the Chiefs on Sunday. Anyway, wishing you all the best out there, and we'll finish as we always do with, here we go, Steelers.